Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey everyone, it's the Outlaw John Roca here, and don't worry, we're about to start the Geek Buddies spoiler review episode for the season finale of Hawkeye, the new Disney Plus Marvel series. But first, I want to remind you all again that we are powered and sponsored by the fine folks over there at CarbonHealth.com. They've got urgent care, primary care, virtual care. They're a leading national health care provider with a mission to bring high-quality health care to everyone. And there are a number of people in this episode that could probably use Carbon Health after their fights and their battles here in the season finale of Hawkeye. I want to remind you, they have 90 clinics in 14 states, and they offer virtual care, virtual care in 24 states. And with the Omicron variant going crazy all across the country, virtual care now becomes a really important element of healthcare. They believe that everyone deserves good health, and they want to make high-quality healthcare accessible to everyone, whether you're Kingpin or Kate Bishop. They want to make it available to everyone if they need it. So don't forget to go there, www.carbonhealth.com. They've got all kinds of resources and information for you. So go and look them up and uh, get taken care of if you need it during this holiday season and every season afterwards. All right, without further ado, let's get into the season finale here. The Geek Buddy Spoiler Review for Hawkeye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new review, spoiler review episode from the Geek Buddies. I can only be so loud in a hotel room here. We are recording this. Uh, I am in Virginia right now visiting family, but we wanted to be able to record this spoiler review for Hawkeye, the season finale. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the season finale, and why not? Uh, why did you click on this? But we respect it. Go and watch it. Come on back, hang out with us, and we're going to get into it for sure and break it all down here over the next hour. Uh, but let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roker, writer, producer, and host on the Outlaw Nation and on the Geek Buddies. Mike? I am Michael Vogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and currently hoping that sometime during this review, 
somebody in that hotel room starts pounding on Roka's wall and yelling no spoilers. But that's just my Christmas wish. That's just my Christmas wish. We'll see if it happens. I don't know. There are a bunch of drunk people running up and down the hall last <laughs> night. Maybe they'll be the first ones to do that. Shannon McClung. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Silicon Valley. And I would just I would just settle for a knock on the door. Not even no spoilers. <laughs> just someone bang, 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 bang. <laughs> just to see John's reaction right now because I think it would be funny. <laughs> well, the Lady Outlaw might make cameo. I don't know. She's out of Target. She's walking back. So who knows? Who knows if she'll be jumping in? What an appropriate uh, store for this episode, though, right? Oh, man. Oh. Nice. Wow. So Bullseye the joke right there <laughs> hit the mark for sure so this one's called so this is christmas this is the finale episode six episodes here for this six episodes for this hawkeye series here on disney plus from marvel as well all mcu canon here so much stuff was wrapped up some stuff was introduced we got to see the return of another character from the netflix marvel universe if those of you have seen spider-man no way home you know we had possibly another character come back no spoilers this so much happened in this episode and this was the longest episode of the series an hour and two minutes this one was not directed by Bert and Bertie this one saw the return of Reese Thomas who directed the first two episodes so let's start as we always start with the overall thoughts Michael take it away what's your overall thoughts on this finale I mean I just was smiling the whole time I was so happy uh first of all because this Christmas my favorite giant fat man is not Santa it is Wilson Fisk, and I'm real, real happy he came back. Obviously, we knew at the end of uh, the fifth episode he was coming back, but he came back with a bang this time. Super happy really to good. see him. Don't think we've seen the last of him. Uh, and so that was great. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit on text. Like, I think even before Hawkeye came out, Shannon had said, even when the first trailers, that we have Echo, we have mm. the Ronin stuff, we have Yelena Belova. Like, there was so much, and there was a yeah. concern, like, are they going to be able to stick the landing? Is it too much in just six episodes? And I think this episode did such a great job of, like, tying up everything while still keeping Clint and Kate's relationship at the forefront. Um, I, I think, like, this is definitely something I will come back to and watch over and over. I don't mm. know that it... I don't know that it quite surpassed WandaVision for me. Uh, I think WandaVision is still so high concept, and I am a gay man, and therefore am required to love the Scarlet Witch more than anything in the world. <laughs> but uh, it came really, really close, and is definitely the second best to me out of all of the Marvel uh, Disney Plus entries we've had so far. Okay. Shannon McClung, your overall thoughts on this finale? You know, I mean, you know, Reese Thomas directed those first two episodes, and in those yes. first two episodes, I think that was some of the not as dynamic action as we would then get in episodes three, four, and five. Um, so for the most part, I think I thought he he definitely upped his game from episode two, but uh, there were definitely moments that I'm like, oh, I wish Bert and Bertie were behind the camera on this because I could see, even though this sequence yeah. was great and was very well directed, I yeah. see areas where it could have been plussed comedically, and I think that's probably something they would have done. Um, yeah, but to agree, to agree with Vogel, I mean, I thought, I thought they stuck the landing. I thought all the, all the major characters, all, everything was, was done with, with a, with a nice bow. There was one minor subplot that I was like, meh, okay, that's fine. Little, little silly. Um, and one thing left on the wish list that depending if mm -hmm. we get to see this particular character again, maybe we're going to get, but I mean, mm -hmm. I have to say, Hawkeye is now my number one Disney Plus series. As much as I did like WandaVision, part of the fun of WandaVision was the unraveling of that mystery. 
And with Hawkeye, I, I mean, for me, it was just a joy ride from beginning to end and one that I hope to take again next Christmas. Well, I have to say, I wish I agreed with you guys 100% about the overall feelings I had coming out of this finale. As I tweeted, some damn great scenes, some damn good moments, some great reveals, some fun reveals that certainly kind of preview what we may be getting down the road, including the possible recasting of a certain character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into now the MCU canon, possibly, who I three quarters expected to show up between the fight between Yelena and Hawkeye, I thought just maybe in a critical moment someone is going to show up in her outfit and do her thing. It did not happen, but I thought, but I was disappointed on a couple of things. The echo thing really kind of bothered me how they wrapped it up and the all of a sudden out of nowhere, 180 degree character turn that she can talk about her feelings now all of a sudden. It also blew my mind that you could have Kate Bishop confront Eleanor Bishop. It's like, listen, listen, I was just doing some things and I got to handle things and then I had to do, like that's a way more critical conversation to be had so quickly in the back of the kitchen. I think there should have been more involved there. The Kingpin introduction was great. I mean, that is Kingpin come to life. How can, what can you say? Just the way D'Onofrio, he even seemed a little bit more menacing in my opinion. I saw some people say he wasn't as menacing. I'm like, you're insane. The guy absolutely still conveyed the menacing nature that you saw in the Daredevil series. But then the way they took him out, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm still kind of processing that if they even actually took him out. Because remember, we didn't see a shot into somebody's body and we didn't see a body. And usually that means they might come back and certainly in the Marvel universe, they come back anyway, even when you see a body. So there's all kinds of things that could happen here, but over, but some great dialogue and certainly Yelena Belova, Kate Bishop, Lord almighty, every scene with them was fantastic. And the elevator stuff, I went back and rewatched that scene like four times before I finished watching the rest of the episode. The slapping of the hand, the touching of the things, her going back and forth. Oh, come on. That is so disrespectful or whatever she said. And then the, the, the fight sequences, all of that stuff was well directed, except for there was a close quarter fight scene. I didn't think that was great. But overall, I thought was well done here. Um, so those, those are my overall thoughts. But let's jump into some main storylines because we're not going to go section by section because we have only an hour in this review. So let's jump into some because, main Because you're in a hotel room in Virginia. Exactly. And I've got another uh, show to do after this one. So we're trying to cram in everything. It's the holidays. Give us a break. Uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the main storyline, which was Kate Bishop in, and uh, um, uh, Clint Barton here. This there were some great scenes, Michael and Shannon, between these two. Certainly a little more fleshing out. She calls him, or he calls her his partner, like a real acceptance. And then at the end, we had a little back and forth about what name she's going to be. And he goes, "I can think of one." And boom, Hawkeye pops up on the screen. So clearly, the passing of the torch to a degree has happened here. But what did you think about how they played out this storyline here, Mike, in the finale and kind of wrapped up what they had set up in terms of being a distant relationship between them to where now they're really kind of seeing, seeing each other, or at least he's seeing her as an equal and someone who can take his mantle? I think they did a really good job of this kind of throughout, and we've kind of marked it each week as we've talked through the episodes, yeah. but just seeing it's it's two things. Uh, and the two most important things, I think, in the series, really, I mean, all the other cool, fun stuff with Kingpin and everyone else we'll get to, but like... I think the most important thing is you have a character in Clint Barton that mm -hmm. does not think that he is a role model, does not want to yes. uh, be a mentor to anybody, and is dealing with a lot of his demons and is not about it. And then you have Kate Bishop, who wants more than anything to be a hero and thinks being a hero is the most awesome thing in the world. And they've done such a good job of like walking that tightrope of Clint is clearly getting worn down and likes Kate, 
And yeah. Kate is slowly learning more and more about Clint and seeing like, you know, first it was seeing how what she did as Ronan really affected his life, finding out that he wasn't going to be home for Christmas, finding out about everything with Natasha, about how he really was Ronan, how he did bad things. Like, it's just been this, this track. And what they did really great between the ending of the fifth episode and the sixth episode is the two of them flipped. As soon as Kate's life went to shit, as soon as she found out that her mom was behind right. all of this and she made all these discoveries, she has now stepped into what Clint has been telling her this whole time. Like, this life is going to be hard. If you mm -hmm. keep digging at this, if you keep pushing on things that you don't necessarily need to push on, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to have to make sacrifices. Your life's not going to be great. And Kate is at her lowest point. And that's when Clint flips. Now Clint completely flips because he's seen Kate. He pushed her away. She came back anyway. Yeah. He told her it was going to be bad. It's now bad. Like she is in it too deep. And so he makes a decision. He's like, you're the part, you're my partner now. And what's great is he tells her that in the moment where she wants nothing more than to just be done with all of this. Like, she's right. like, I want to step away from this. You should leave. You should go back to your kids on Christmas. This is my mess. It's my mom. Like she's now at her lowest point. And that's when he finally steps up and says, no, you're my partner. Your problems are my problems. We do this together. So it is the most emotionally satisfying moment when he says it. Like, and it's something we all know is going to happen. We know right. that they're going to get right. together at the end. Like, it's a no-brainer that that's where this show is going. But for them to still have that moment land so well. And then as soon as they do that, he opens up everything. Like, he had told her there were no trick arrows. He's like, yeah. oh, by the way, I know how to I know how to make trick arrows. <laughs> and by the end of this episode, Kate now knows how to make trick arrows. Yeah. And so the whole episode and label is, them and label them and, la and, and label them with a label maker, <laughs> which is something I'm sure Clint never did. Um, but you know, so it's like it's just this this episode is pure joy as far as the emotional arc because all we've yeah. watched for five episodes is Kate wanting this and wanting this and wanting this and Clint being like a little bit, but no, a little bit, but no. And this yeah. is where he finally just completely relents. And they are 100% partners throughout. He treats her like an equal. She steps up to the plate. We see yeah. her face off with uh, with the, with King? the uh, with the um, well with Kingpin, yeah, but also sorry. with the tracksuit mafia. You know, she yeah. got her ass kind of kicked in the first episode, and now she goes toe to toe with them. She's yeah. fighting with a Black Widow. She faces off against Kingpin. Like she has now proven to Hawkeye and to anybody watching this series that she absolutely deserves the title, and she absolutely does deserve to be a hero. And it's just like. It made me so happy. Absolutely, uh, Shannon. What's your thoughts on this relationship? Do you agree a lot with what Michael laid out here? Did you think? Did you feel satisfied by the way they wrapped it up and kind of moved forward in their relationship, uh, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton? Yeah, absolutely. And part of it, as Vogel said, is a shift from Clint, um, because the yeah, first right. five episodes have been not about her taking up his mantle. It's been about clearing her name. It's about separating right. her from the problematic wardrobe. But that moment with the with the Ronan costume, but then the <laughs> moment that he does say, nope, we're partners, we're doing this, the revelation that, yes, of course, he can make more trick arrows. Like, it's, you know, that's not a finite number <laughs> of, of right, projectiles right. out there. <laughs> like, And I did think her labeling it was uh, adorable. Uh, and then as they get to that moment where they are constructing the arrows and he's basically saying, like, heroes are lonely, you're going to get hurt. And her response back, which I, I actually typed it here, where she's like, I saw you jump from that building, even though you can't fly or have superpowers or have superpowers. Being a hero is for anyone who's brave enough to do what's right, no matter what the cost. I was like, ah, oh, that is that is fantastic writing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, th their their relationship as a whole. And like, I love the fact that by the end, 
she does not presume that she's getting the Hawkeye mantle. That's why she's throwing right. out right. Uh, alternative nicknames. Lady Hawk, <laughs> Hawkshot. Lady I Hawk. mean, Hawkshot, to me, I'm like, that's really funny. Um, but the fact that they cut to, I mean, what a great cut to the title card at the end. Yeah, yeah very, very satisfying into their relationship. And honestly, I don't think we've seen the last of Quentin Laura either. Yeah, yeah, great point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, either as mentors or whatever. Yeah, down the road for sure. But yeah, I, I had a great time watching this throughout the series. Through all six episodes, this is something they completely landed, got right, really enjoyed the back and forth. And you're right, and, and Michael, you make a great point. The switch happens just at her lowest point because, you know, like Clint told her in that diner, you're going to have to lose things. You're going to have to. Do, and she was like, but you get the costumes and you can do all these things. And then finally it hit home for her what he was talking about because he was talking about losing his family for five years losing natasha these are the prices that he's had and god knows what else that we haven't even gotten into with clint barton's past too deeply that he lost through the whole process of becoming hawkeye which we haven't even touched on so he's talk, talking about real experience and you know the youth the the, the um, hubris of youth is like yeah but you get all this stuff and then finally he she against the she has to it's almost like an initiation her losing Eleanor Bishop, her having her mom arrested and then having her mom say, is this what heroes do? Setting up the villainy, the, the, the issue between both of them down the road, have their moms arrested on Christmas. So even a villainous mom can drop a guilt trip on you on Christmas day. That's for sure. So all of that is there to- the Passive aggression. <laughs> yeah, the passive aggression is brilliant. So it's overtime. But we saw um, Haley Steinfeld come into her own. I mean, it's called Hawkeye and we thought it's about Hawkeye. But it's about her origin story as Hawkeye. I think that's another meaning to that title here that oh, you yeah. could throw in now by the end of the show, right? I mean, certainly we were waiting for them to come together to pass the mantle, but her mantle rather, but her coming in to her own, her really finding her power. And as Shannon pointed out, going, uh, uh, you know, kicking the tracksuit mafia, or Michael pointed out, the tracksuit mafia's ass, going toe to toe with them and working in tandem with Clint and a little bit Yelena when they were doing all the stuff that they were doing. It's incredible. Plus the comedic moments. I mean, seeing all that stuff that she plays. I mean, her face pressed against the glass as Yelena's got I me. Mean, that's great stuff by Haley Steinfeld that she was able to convey and show and growing into her role here so that Clint can, you know, still be our mentor but kind of move on uh, to his own thing. So great stuff overall. Uh, let's let's move on. To, we'll go quickly. What did we feel about the uh, Eleanor Bishop, Kate Bishop relationship? I go back to you, Shannon, on this one. What do you feel about how they landed this? Because, I mean, she was kind of protective of her, but then she gets revealed. And it seemed like she might be going the hero route because she was kind of saying, I had to do these things. I want out Kingpin. I don't want anything more to do with this. Um, and my daughter's at stake here. And there's low line. And he's like, there are no, there are no lines. And she's like, no, that's a line I can't cross. So she was almost going the hero route, but then eventually gets confronted by Kate and then arrested. Well, I mean, pulling your, pulling your wife from Kingpin to save your child. I wouldn't go as far to say hero. You know, I, I think maybe self-preservation. <laughs> Well, um, I think her preservation of her daughter, don't you think, more than anything else? And her saying, yeah, her saying, but she said she was in debt. Her family was in debt to Kingpin, and she had to pay it off. So isn't that counting? Yeah, but she, she, but she paid it off, and then some. Like she kept right. going. She got a taste of that life, and she chose to stay in it because she yeah. was able to kind of, you know, reap reap the benefits of it. I mean, I think you know they did a great job with the writing because I think going into this. We didn't necessarily, or at least I didn't necessarily think that Wilson Fisk was going to pop up until like the end credits. Uh, right. I was like, no, she's the, Eleanor's the bad guy. And we get right at the beginning, like, oh no, he he's here. Eleanor is the bad guy 
sort of. I mean, yes, but at the end of the day, she is in service to kind of a a higher power, which she is trying to get out of. I mean, you are absolutely right. Like she wants to get out of it, um, but at this point, like she, you know, it's she's uh, she's made her bed. Now she has to lie in it. Um, but by the end. Uh, I know, and this is this was something that we had we had texted about that that kind of bothered you. Um, that the end where uh, Eleanor rams uh, Fisk with with the car. Oh. So I watched it again, and I was paying very close attention to this. So the thing, well, she doesn't do a three point turn. Like she literally can just nail the gas and hit him. The, no, the, the where they messed up. What? He's not out in the street. The car is in the street. He is against a glass it's, door it's of a off, store. It's off to the side. All she yeah, has to do is she has start to go is, around to is, hit him. No, 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 no. No, he's in front. Oh, he's in front. What are you, All she has to do is take a right. All she has to do is take a right. And if the car, because it's a Guys, fancy car. This is a car... Hawkeye review. This is not the DMV of New York City. <laughs> well, if the, yeah. you, you hold on. You hold yeah. on, sir. You show me where they have rubbery cars that don't have to make uh, sharp point turns to get that front hit but anyway all she has to do is if that is an electric if that is a hybrid if that is an electric battery powered car all she yeah. has to do and you won't hear those cars start they they start up quietly as michael so, Gogol said you're putting something in there that isn't there but go ahead go ahead no 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 yeah, <laughs> i'm so saying we don't, we don't know, know. electric powered car you're adding that we have no but idea. we don't know it's gas powered either <laughs> okay there you go. go. If it's good point. for you, it's good for me. It's not good for me. That's what I'm saying. Go ahead. <laughs> but basically, yes. I mean, I thought her her going off to jail it, it was the right thing. And also, I don't think we've seen the end of her. I think she's going to come back, and oh, that's no, going to be um, a, a source of Kate's uh, uh, internal conflict going forward is how do I deal with a mom who's a bad guy? Yeah. yeah. Every hero has to have their thing, right, Mike? So what did you think about that? Like their kind of enemy or nemesis or something that's too close to home that kind of affects them all the time and makes them question their judgment. How did you feel about how this relationship ended up uh, by the end of the season finale between Eleanor Bishop and Kate Bishop? Well, I think, you know, I think Eleanor is, she's definitely not a hero. Uh, she is arguably she's a villain she's not the villain but i think right. it's like what we've talked about with the series i mean even what yelena says about clint i mean this is a series about people living in gray areas like yeah just because eleanor made some of the choices that she made for a good reason her husband was in debt to kingpin she wants to protect it like as we said in the sick in the fifth episode she clearly loves kate when she yes. says to kingpin at the beginning kate's getting too close i don't want her in this life that's 100 percent true so yeah, she does want to get out of things because she wants to protect Kate. But this is a show that's about consequences. Like Clint yes. tells Kate repeatedly, if you're gonna choose this hero life, there are consequences. Eleanor chose a villain life, there are consequences. What she's trying to do in that opening scene with Kingpin is get out consequence free. I did a yeah. bunch of bad shit for years. I don't wanna do it anymore. I'm gonna leave. By the way, I have some blackmail on you, which stupidest thing in the world to say. <laughs> um, when Vincent D'Onofrio, the way that he says Golden Sachs, when he goes, Goldman Sachs, when she goes, he goes, this Eleanor Bishop thinks she can quit on me like it's Goldman Sachs. Like I was like, oh God, this guy's gonna, this is this, don't <laughs> fuck with this guy. Yeah. But I think what's great is then at that scene at the end, uh, after Eleanor very logically hits Kingpin with her car, um she's not very logically <laughs> <laughs> out of here. 
Um, I think that what's great about it is this, the, the, the conversation that Eleanor and Kate have is about yeah. consequences. Yeah. Like Eleanor yes, is like, all right, good. well, we're good. We're done. Like we can go back to normal. And Kate's like, no. And Eleanor still thinks, all right, well, we, we hit Kingpin with the car. Like we're good now. And Kate's like, no, yeah. there are consequences. You still need to pay for what you did. And Eleanor is like, would, is this what a superhero does to their mother on Christmas? which passive aggressive as fuck. Also, Kate clearly feels shitty about it, but yeah. those are Kate's consequences. Right. Kate made a choice to be a hero. And the consequence is you've got to do this to your mom. Eleanor right. made a choice to be a villain. And the consequence is your daughter's sending you to jail. And I really love that Kate still said to her mom at the end, I love you. Like, yeah. I love that right. they're, they're, they're not doing this black and white, like my mom was the bad guy. So now we have this tortured relationship. I think right. Kate and Eleanor actually have kind of a nice relationship. Like when we saw them in that fifth, in the fifth episode, when she was talking to her in a room, like they actually do love each other. Like Eleanor loves Kate, Kate loves her mom, but they are now on opposite sides because of these consequences. Yeah. If you ignore the big lie, they have a very healthy relationship, but it's a hell of a big lie to be yeah. telling, you know, but I'll say this. I really liked what Vera Farmiga brought to the table. I hope this isn't the end of it because I don't think she had enough time to really sink her teeth into this role and get more in it. It seems to kind of betray her to really think that she'd be dumb enough to tell Kingpin that she has betrayal material. That's not something an intelligent woman who's been working for this man for 10 years or whatever would do. Just wouldn't happen. So to me, it was a little bit like, mm, it was a little bit convenient. It doesn't make sense. But okay, fine. We want to get to this moment where she kind of uh, defies the laws of physics and rams a car in that no one could hear in the Kingpin. Fine. Because let me explain something to you. This is how you drive a car into somebody front first. You I... don't drive a car into somebody front first on an angle and somehow end up straight in the store. That makes no goddamn sense. So God, what I would not short. give for you to have a dry erase board in that hotel room yeah, right now. This is how you drive your car into somebody. Not like this straight. He wasn't standing in front. So anyway, whatever. But either way, I just, I didn't like that they went that route. And it, yeah, and you're right though, Mike, she was self-serving. She thought, well, I'll just hit him with the car. We escape. And it's like, no, you did that so that you could get out of the situation. Yes, you're saving your daughter, but also you're saving yourself. So it wasn't a fully heroic moment in that in that uh, decision yeah. but it is a mom a bear moment so you got to give her credit for that she was taking care of her daughter and kingpin could have ripped her daughter in half i loved then we'll get into kingpin in just a second but i loved the back and forth that kate was having with kingpin as well just to add a little more element to Haley steinfeld's performance it was great but her well, and her mom michael you nailed it there are consequences and yeah. clint warned her a few episodes ago you're gonna lose somebody you love or you got to make sacrifices this is her sacrifice and this will carry on and it'll be because Eleanor Bishop constructed her reality. And in her reality, she has a reason for everything she's doing that makes sense to her and makes her seem like she's the good guy. She's the hero of her own story. So she cannot understand why Kate Bishop has made the steps yeah. that she's taken to get her arrested because I took care of you I, I, all your whole life. And I rammed a damn car into Kingpin to save your life. Why are you sending me to jail? And so that it makes you understand the villain more, which is really smart by Marvel. So, um, let's I, I think that's in. a great. Oh, yeah, I think that's a great point. Really quickly, just before we jump on, I think yeah. that's a really great point. And I think what makes Eleanor really interesting is I think Eleanor believes everything that you just said. And oh, I yeah. also think what's interesting, 100%. she said it repeatedly. She says it in the first episode, and she also says it in this final scene. She says, yeah. "I took care of you. Like you couldn't live 
yeah. life with nothing. Like I did all this for you. Right. I got all this money for you. But really in looking at the two of them and looking at like where Kate Bishop lives, her yeah. apartment, I think Kate Bishop would be just fine with no money. It's right. Eleanor that it lo that loves that life. And I think what we're going to see, if we do see her further down the road, which I really, I agree, I really hope we do, yeah. I don't, I think that Eleanor getting out of jail, even if she got a clean slate, is going to go right back to the life that she's oh, yeah. been leading because I think that she's the one that needs that lifestyle. And I think yeah. that's where her and Kate's relationship will continue. Kate's going to be like, Mom, why are you doing this? And she's like, no, it's good reasons. And she's like, no. Yeah. You are a bad guy. And I think that's going to be a great relationship to return to. Yeah. Eleanor is a survivor and she's going to yep. she's going to take the the life preserver wherever she can get it. And in right. prison, my guess is the one who's going to throw it to her is Kingpin. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A woman in a patriarchal world trying to survive after her husband's been killed by the Avengers. Here comes and finding out. Supposedly, we don't know 100% the evidence if she's if she's if it's correct what she's saying or not, that her husband was in debt to Kingpin before a lot of money. Yeah, Kingpin kind of confirms that, but what is the debt? And he also, he also calls her out and says, but you've done pretty fine as well in this relationship, kind of making her clean. Like, you've enjoyed making the money too. Don't come in here like you're, you know, the good person here. So it's good to get called out here. But yeah, you're probably right. Kingpin probably pulls her out of prison, sets her up, and she now has even more um, animus towards Kate and more of a desire to be on Kingpin's side in this situation. So it's really possible. So, also, and speaking of Kingpin- Also, her, oh, husband, her, hus her husband was killed by the Chitauri. Let's just be clear. Let's yeah, not throw fine. everything at the Avengers' feet. Well, you know. We'll blame if it later. If he's dead. Anyway, if he's dead. If he's dead, right. He was credited <laughs> for the whole six episodes. He only showed up in one episode. It threw me off. I thought he was going to show up in flashbacks or whatever. But anyway. Anyway, let's move on to Kingpin here. Let's jump into that storyline. Really a big reveal. We got last episode. You know, it had been hinted at, obviously, from the first stroke of the cheek of young Maya. But finally, we get to see Vincent D'Onofrio on his glorious return. He also uh, posted a really wonderful message on Twitter. If you guys haven't watched that, looks it was fantastic, kind of promoting him showing up and all the work he did on the show. We got him to show up, and he looked fantastic, menacing, the back and forth, everything like that. His uh, conversations with Kazi, which I thought were really interesting, gave more color to that character too the back and forth with eleanor and then him saying there are no lions what do we do here and all of it and then the arrow situation with kate snapping that arrow and having kate being like shocked and then throwing her all around getting hit by a car still able to get up and wander off and then eventually possibly but probably not shot by maya there in the alley that we don't really get yeah, exactly we don't really see but i have to throw both possibilities in mike because we didn't see anything uh, Michael, let's go to you since we started with Shannon on the last one. Michael Kingpin, what do you think about D'Onofrio's performance? And there are critics who are saying they're pretty pissed off that he was handled twice very well by both Kate Bishop and then later Maya and didn't get a chance to really do his thing. So do you, what do you feel about that criticism and what do you feel about Kingpin being a part of this episode? I mean, he really threw Kate Bishop around quite a bit. Like, I think he gave he as good as he got there. Um... <laughs> I think that, I think it was great. I mean, I think he's amazing. I think I love his, you know, you, you, some people don't love it. I love his portrayal of Kingpin from Daredevil. I think it's so yeah, interesting. Too. It's not strictly speaking, the Wilson Fisk that we know from the comics. Um, what he brought to it, which is this really weird thing. And it definitely continued uh, into, oh, hold on one second. Yep, Boom. you all right? Um, yeah, phone was ringing. Um, what he did in the Daredevil series that he definitely carried through into this series is that his Wilson Fisk is a giant man-child. 
His Wilson Fisk suffered a bunch of trauma as a little kid and never grew up. So what makes him so menacing is that he is this huge, larger than life, very smart character who also throws temper tantrums like a child. Like, and that's exactly what we see here. Um, You know, he's definitely in a different place than he was at the end of Daredevil. You know, in Daredevil, he was in big, beautiful offices, and now he's operating out of the back of his, the fronts of his shops. Mm -hmm. So definitely he's had a little bit of a fall. I think that, you know, in reading some interviews with him, whether or not this is canon or not, whether it's official, he's looking at this as all of the Daredevil stuff happened and where we left him at the end of season three kind of led to where we see him here. So that's the kind of the way I'm taking it too. Um, 100% that opening scene with Eleanor just right away you get the menace like he's just he's so confident he's so powerful and even then following up with that the scene with him and Kazi and Maya is great because he's not the idiot like Maya comes in and we know what Maya's doing we know that she now suspects him and he kind of has this lovely conversation says how much he loves her and she leaves and you're like did he really fall for that and then he just turns to Kazi he's like Maya's turned on us yeah like and just like that he's like we got to take her out we got to do this thing that's why um, he's the kingpin, man. And that's yeah. why he's the kingpin. And then, like, when he pulls Eleanor out of that car, like, oh. that is a child having a temper tantrum. Like, that is not a grown-ass man. And then yeah. I love that the final fight between him and Kate Bishop is in a toy store because yeah. he literally looks like a giant, very scary man baby. But, like, the way he just tosses her around, the way he's so annoyed and frustrated... Uh, it's just great. And I think they did a really good job. I mean, I guess one of the small critiques I will give, because I've had to field these questions for the past 24 hours is he looks like he took the super soldier serum. I mean, like, you know, you're like, he's, he gets shot by the arrow. He just pulls it out. But that's he's King throwing in the comics too. I, that's, I, think... I, I, I don't disagree with you. And it didn't yeah. bother me per se. Okay, like, okay, I watched I see, that. I'm like, this is Kingpin. But right. I can see how I, because yeah. I've literally gotten texts be like, so wait, <laughs> is Kingpin super powered? What are Kingpin's powers? And I'm like, I, I'm like, he's big, a lot of layers, a lot of layers, a lot of, a lot of fat. So like, like, you know, like, there's a lot of layers. Yeah. He's like an onion. So like, I think that, I think that there's a little bit of confusion with people, which I think is a fair criticism that like, he seems sure, sure. so overly powerful, but I thought it was great. I thought Kate using the, uh, getting his cufflink uh, and using the the Clint oh, trick yeah. to set off the arrows was great. Um, I love that he got away. And then as far as the Maya scene goes, I, I don't think that he needed to go toe to toe with Maya. He has raised Maya. Maya is an asset to him. I don't think he's going to start wailing on her. But that scene at the end of Daredevil, at the end of Hawkeye is almost right out of the Daredevil comics where Maya right. confronts him at the end right. with a gun to his face shoots the gun and Wilson Fisk is still around in the comic. So I don't know if he gets shot and survives or if we come back to the echo series and we find out that she like shoots right cross right past his head and says, that's for everything you've done for me, but don't come after me. Like, I don't know where we're going to go with it, but I will guarantee you that they are not going to give up on Vincent D'Onofrio in one episode as Kingpin and say, well, we did it for the fans. Let's get rid of them. Like this dude is coming back for sure. I hope so. Yeah. Shannon, what'd you think about Kingpin? What'd you think about D'Onofrio's performance here and how he was layered into this uh, series and introduced back into the, officially into the MCU canon? I mean, just seamless. It was just seamless bringing him back in, bringing him into the MCU. Um, One of the coolest things that they did, especially at the beginning with, with Eleanor was how they shot him. 
is yeah. anytime Eleanor's looking at him, they're shooting him from above to make him look bigger. Anytime we see Eleanor, they're shooting down to make her look smaller. So it's like yeah. those, like Vincent Nofrey is a big guy in real life. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I feel like if he's not a foot taller, he's probably like nine or 10, 10 inches taller than Vera Formiga. Um, but that, that extra layer just kind of gives, it, it just illustrates to the audience, this is someone who is larger than life. So, I mean, mm-hmm. him getting hit by the arrow and knocking it off, like that didn't surprise, like that didn't, that didn't bump me at all because, mm-hmm. you know, Maya got shot with an arrow and, and she was just kind of like, shit, that good hurts. Point. I'm out. She pulled yeah. it out and ran off. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And then the great thing about Vincent D'Onofrio's performance is because he's not a joyous villain. Like mm-hmm. he, he's, he's, you can tell he struggles not with his actions, but he struggles with people's reactions to him. Yeah. And yeah. like, as Eleanor is saying, like, well, you know, I, I, you know, Kate's getting too close and you see, he's like, let's not do that. Let's not do this. Like he doesn't want to hurt anyone. I think it's kind of a last resort. Like he's not a malevolent bad guy. He just thinks right. that this is the way it needs to be. And this is, this is, and that's how it has to be. Like, if you don't agree with me, if you're in my way, I'm going to push you out of the way, which her, yeah. him fighting with Kate, I love that as, as Vogel illustrated, like a big kid, it's literally just shoves and throws. Like he's like, yeah. I, all I got to do is just get you out of the way. And yes, at the end, when we hear that gunshot, um, at least what I heard was you hear the gunshot and you hear the bullet hit something. And it is right. not a person. It sounds like it hits a dumpster or a, a building or something. So, wow. yes, he definitely is not dead. Like, he's coming you back. Can, you can figure that sound out. But you can't figure out the sound of a car taking a turn. To hit the, okay, all right, fine. This is well. I agree. I, I liked King <laughs> I enjoyed King If King. your car's making noise when it turns, then you need to get your car checked on. <laughs> Every car makes anyway. The, uh, the uh, I loved D'Onofrio being a part of this. It was great to see him be. I wanted more with him, and yes, it makes sense. And, and maybe he's not going to kill Kate, right? Because obviously it's a Disney Plus show, a Marvel show. But tossing her around like that, in a way, is kind of reasserting his dominance. And you say he's not a malevolent bad guy. I don't have a hundred percent agree. I understand your point of view, but I don't hundred percent because I mean, he said to Kazi, "We got to remind people that this is still my city." And him saying there are no lines we can't cross, which is, of course, very convenient for him to say. But when his wife and, and son are in danger later on in the story of Kingpin, oh, boy, we can't cross those epic lines. So it's like it's interesting how it's convenient for him. So I think there is a little bit of I agree with Michael. There's a little bit of the man baby, but also a little bit of the malevolence because he wants to maintain a certain status quo and a certain status in this city because it reinforces his uh, bruised ego from when he was a child, which I think is a nice interpretation to fit within the Disney Plus universe because it always pushes the idea that no one is unredeemable at some point. Everybody, every villain has had a moment to come back from the dark side or had a conversation to possibly come back from the dark side and they choose to take it or not take it. So I enjoyed that, enjoyed the back and forth, loved it. The ending, uh, yeah, I mean, the ending was interesting, but I, I didn't. it didn't bother me, right? The, my issues with the Maya stuff We'll talk about that, I think, in, in yeah. just a little bit. But I, overall, I thought he did a great job with it. It's nice to have him part of it. I, I'm curious to see how he's going to show up. I'm curious to see how the other person from the Marvel Netflix universe is going to show up in what situation and what quantity for sure. And I agree with you, Mike. I think for sure we'll see him in the Echo series. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think if I was going to say to just to the the male- yeah. I, I think that Mo- Kingpin in the comics is malevolent. Yes. I think Kingpin in the in the Netflix series and now the Disney Plus series is sociopathic. 
Like I think that no, Kingpin, I think that Kingpin in the comics is clearly a bad guy who almost enjoys yes. manipulating everything from behind the scenes. I think this dude is a sociopath. I think Shannon's right that he just wants what he wants and he's ready to clear anybody off the board. But this is a dude that like got through a temper tantrum in Daredevil and slammed somebody's head into a car door until they died. Like this is a guy who has like Eleanor was like, I'm going to leave. And he's like, she can't do this. We're going to go kill her. Like, I don't think that he takes joy in it. I think, but I think he's so sociopathic that he's like, this is just what I'm going to do. I don't know. He's crazy. I love it. Love it. Uh, oh, and by the way, when Michael brought up earlier this idea of like uh, people asking him questions and people asking online, like, is this guy super powered or whatever? It's the same thoughts we had when we first encountered Kingpin reading the comic books. How was this guy able to handle 10 people at once or knock arrows out of his body or take bullets and keep coming after people? We all have that initiation moment into Kingpin and then we accept it because it's so well portrayed in the comics. Or, That's fair. Uh, very very well said. Yeah, fair point. All right, let's move on to uh, the uh, uh, the Echo storyline, and then we're going to jump into Yelena because I think we saved the best for last. Um, the Echo storyline here, uh, Shannon, let's start with you here. How did you feel? You know, you've been championing Lake Cox through all our reviews here. You're getting a shot to do more. I felt like I, I enjoyed but then didn't enjoy some of the things that happened here with her. Tell me what you felt about how they stuck the landing with the Lake Cox in this finale. Echo. I mean, I thought I thought it was a natural a natural progression and a natural a natural end as well. Okay. Like she she shows up, um, and, and there is a shift in her in her behavior. I mean, yes. and whether or not she has honestly changed. I mean, and Fisk even says like, this is this is quite a turn from from what you've been doing recently. Right. So as when he when Fisk stops her and says he loves her. And then she says, you know, I, you know, I love you, you know, I love you too. Um, yeah, that's the moment that it's like, ah, okay, yeah, he he knows she's 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 going, she's going to try to take her out. Um, right. What was really interesting was the moment with Kazi, uh, because okay. when she's like, you know, we can run away together. There, I didn't believe her. I'm just like, yes. I don't think I don't. She's not interested in him like that at all. That's I mean, what she was might, my frustration. Yeah, but see, I mean, but I don't, but I, I don't think that I think she was probably trying to deceive him. She was saying what she needed to say in that moment. I don't really? think that, she, yeah, right. I don't think she had right. any intention of running off with him. Like okay. at now, like it, it's been about killing Ronan because Ronan killed her dad. Now it's about yeah. killing Fisk, and Kazi is in the way, and so she's gonna, she's going to do what she has to do to to remove him. And even when she killed him at the end. I, I don't think it was deliberate. I think it was sort of like, well, you, this was sort of a, uh, not an accidental killing, but she's, you but made she didn't me mean to this. do it. You yeah, kind of. Okay. Right, Michael, what did you think about the Aliqua Cox uh, Echo storyline here with, with Maya Lopez? I think, I, 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 th- I mean, I, I echo Shannon. I think it all, I think it all went exactly kind of as you would expect it to do. I thought the scene with her and Wilson Fisk was really great uh, because. Mm-hmm it was so clear that she wasn't feeling what she was saying to us and to Wilson. Like it was, it was, she did a good job of playing the, I'm trying to just play it cool, but like I clearly, my emotions are going to get the better of me. You know, the scene with her and Kazi, I I disagree with Shannon insofar as like, I do believe that she was like, we should leave together. I don't know that it was romantic. I mean, this is a show where you have, you know, Clint, uh, kind of mourning his relationship with Natasha, which is not romantic. You have Clint and Kate having this relationship, which is not romantic. Uh, you have a lot of like uh, male-female relationships that are more about platonic. And this is a guy who worked with her dad, who's the most important person to her, and then has kind of been her right-hand guy 
for as long as she can remember. So yep. I do feel like there's probably like a scene that was written somewhere between episode five and episode six that made it to the cutting room floor as they were editing everything down um, that maybe establishes a little bit more because her saying let's run away together did seem like a jump. Yeah. Um, but it didn't seem like a crazy jump. I don't think she, like if she had been like, but I love you so much, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I was like, yeah, like, as far as what we've seen in the show, this is probably the person she's closest to who you did just find out betrayed you and is the reason your dad died. So I don't know quite why you want to run off with him. So it was a little bit odd, but I thought, uh, you know, handled fine. And then I thought the scene with her and Wilson was good at the end. I think that it left me a little bit wanting, but I think that that's almost a little bit the point because we all know she's getting her whole own series. So it's like, if, if I think out of everybody did the echo storyline take, you know, third tier to the, Clint Kate story to the Yelena story and then the Maya story. It is kind of the third tier story, um, right. but it's a third tier story where the girl was so amazing that she's getting her whole own series where we're really going to dive into everything. So I yeah. feel like that was okay for me. Fair enough. And I think, you know, I saw someone tweet back at me, um, you know, because a lot of people agreed with my point of view that I saw on Twitter, but then also came back at me with the uh, echo issue that I had. And they said, it's like the Monica Rambeau thing. Great introduction. Didn't quite stick the landing at the end. or was, There was some confusing stuff. And I think I agree with that. I think there was great intro for Lakewood Cox for Maya Lopez's interpretation of it and to see what, oh, sorry, for Maya Lopez's interpretation, for Cox's interpretation of Maya Lopez echo. I think it all worked so well up until this moment. And yes, I agree with you. The opening scene with her, you can tell. She's like, oh, let me see what I can get away with with him. Let me see if I can convince him. I need a couple of days off, blah, blah, blah. And when we see her come back, that 180 turn, because that was that was trying to be laid throughout the series. Kazi telling her, we got to stop chasing Ronan. We got uh, Hawkeye showing up in the back of Kazi's truck saying, Kazi, you got to stop her from coming after Ronan. This isn't good. And then, you know, him trying to get her to open up about her feelings. So, Clearly, there is genuine effect, and her not her begrudgingly giving him any feelings, and then being you know kind of uh, kind of uh, rough about it, and then walking off frame. That you don't solve your ability to talk about your feelings in like a week or two. It takes a long time to get to that point where you can open up the way she did. And Mike, because she may not have said "I really, really love you," but telling somebody you're going to run away with them is essentially saying "I really, really love you," at least in my opinion. So it seemed kind of out of left field. But yes, I agree with you. The scene with her and Fisk at the end, though, I liked that back and forth. That really worked well. And you can tell that she has kind of gone through her own journey, just like Kate has gone through her own journey, kind of stand mm -hmm. her own two feet and be who the hell she is now, having now knowing who was really behind her father's death, now knowing who betrayed her that she loved or cared for, Kazi, um, and where now she fits and why she must be away from Wilson Fisk and this life of crime, which by the way, Kazi told her, this was never supposed to be your life. And I think that was a moment of real affection for her that she kind of moved into this direction because of the death of her father. And now in a way, killing him is like moving into the new direction, into more yeah. of a heroic direction, which we'll see. So, uh, all right, well, let's get into, we, we've delayed it long enough. Let's get into Yelena Belova. What a performance here. And yes, we'll get to, into uh, Jack Duquesne Island a little later, which I already have a nice condo in. But let's talk about this whole situation. <laughs> let's talk about this whole situation here with, uh, my, I mean, she was the star in essence of these last few episodes. What an incredible job she did Florence Pugh uh, with this character, Michael, with Yelena Belova, the back and forth with her and Kate, Bish Kate Bishop, and then the back and forth with her, uh, with Clint Barton there on in the ice skating rink, getting her answers. Um, how did you feel about how they handled all of this overall with her? 
I just think Florence Pugh is so amazing. I don't even really know what like like Florence Pugh is yeah. one of those actresses that watching her act is like, it's like it's like I, this is an this is, she's like watching a master at work. Like she's yep. so good and so in the moment, and every yeah. moment is so solid, funny, emotional, whatever. And she got to show it all off. I mean, the second that she shows up in that fabulous green coat, uh, <laughs> she's amazing yeah. and. Like you said, everything with her and Kate, like she just has this ability to be a hundred percent casual, and at the same time, I believe she could kill you in two seconds. Like she is yep. carrying both of those things at the same time, and it completely feels real. And just her being like so, like Kate, don't fall. And and she clearly just has this affection for Kate, which right. is kind of adorable. Like particularly just looking at in terms of like what we know of these characters from the movies, like she was Natasha's little sister. And I right. think there's almost this like older sister, little sister vibe yes. happening with her and Kate that's really, yes. really kind of sweet. And because we've seen her with Natasha right. and sort of craving Natasha's attention, and you have this little girl who wants to be a hero, like it's kind of very genuine. Like she's not gonna try and kill Kate if she can help it. Like she really yeah. thinks Kate's kind of cool. And even when they're like fighting, the whole elevator scene is gold. Oh like God. Kate just trying to do this stuff. And then when like they're fighting and then she sort of whips out and reveals her, her, her costume. And she's like, did you mean to do that? And she's like, I did. I did not know it would not. I did not. I did not. It's just so great. And then like, even when Kate's like, look, it's Christmas Eve, let's get a drink. And she's like, okay. Yeah. After I killed Clint, like, I really believe that Elena would be like, okay, I killed Clint. Now let's go get this drink. Like I, I, I believe every moment. So it was all gold and super, super funny and adorable. And like you said last week, John, I would watch Kate and Yelena together in any Disney Plus show or movie moving forward. I want to see them do anything together. Yeah. But then you have the thing that we've really been building to is this confrontation between her and Clint. Yeah. And she's just an emotional wreck. Like yeah. you just see how personal this is and even when he's like i can't i can't explain to you what happened you wouldn't believe it and what, even when he's like i tried to stop her and she's like you didn't try hard enough and just starts beating the shit out of him and then when that whistle happens i thought it was so brilliant because i'm watching this and i'm like i don't know how you get out of this like i don't know how yeah. you convince her she clearly just wants to kill you and when he does that whistle yeah. and she stops and is like how do you know that and then when he's like she told me everything about you and it's when he says she talked about you all the time and Florence yeah. Pugh is like crying and she's like, what did she say? And all of a sudden she is just this fragile, broken little girl who just misses her sister yeah. so much. And then when she says to Clint, when she's like, you got so much time with her, yeah. like you just, it's sort of this, like the subtextual moment of like what she's really upset about with Clint is not really that he's killed other people. Cause right. God knows she's killed plenty of people in her past. And it's not even that he re she really blames him. I think what she's really upset about is this guy got the relationship with his sister that she wishes yeah. she had. Right. And that kind of comes out in that moment. And then because this whole show has been about Clint dealing with the loss of Natasha, you just have these two people that loved her so much just kind of being like, we have to move on together. Yeah. And like, it's like they get each other and the way they felt about Natasha like no one else does. Like, it was so great. Like, it was just so great. And the fact that she was so funny in one scene and so emotional in the other i was like dude put her in all the marvel movies i i can't wait to get like four more black widow movies just with her and i'm like i'm good
Yeah, you know, we talked about the passing of the torch, Shannon, with uh, here with Hawkeye from Clint Barton to Kate Bishop. Well, I mean, this is in essence the passing of the torch from Natasha Romanoff to Yelena Belova, as she, as Michael pointed out very astutely, she now becomes the older black widow with the younger sister of Kate Bishop there, guiding her through this whole thing, which really, really worked. And I think the way Florence Pugh played it was so brilliant, so confident. That's the thing about her, I think, in this performance. There is such a confidence, an unshakable belief that she is so relaxed in every moment that she's in because nothing seems to threaten to overwhelm her at any moment. And she can have these fun little like uh, sisterly back and forth with like, oh, come on, why'd you hit all the floors? Why are you being so annoying? And then just jump right out the window and take off and do her thing. It's brilliant. And the, the fight, the like I said before, dragging her face across the window, all those little moments just work so well because she's not going to kill Kate because she said, if I wanted to kill you, I could have killed you. So she'll beat Kate up to get her out of the way, but she's not going to kill her. So there's a respect there and a begrudging friendship. And what do you think about overall how she did and also the scene with her and Kate, but also the scenes with her and uh, with her and Clint at the end? I mean, her performance is just effortless. Um, mm. She's she's so, so good. Like, I don't I don't know if there's a best supporting actress category in the emmys well, for limited series or if you just lump it into everything else if, yeah. if there is i i would i would have to think that there would be some emmys love for florence Pugh because she sure. was so i mean she was just the mvp um watching her <laughs> come in just again the confidence that you mentioned john just walking yeah. into this party can i take your coat nope <laughs> and then <laughs> the genuine as vogel said the genuine affection yeah. she has for kate that that lightning quick slap and then when kate actually slaps her in the face <laughs> and she's been what was that? <laughs> like normally the reaction would be okay it's on but it's like why why did you do that yeah. and then that i mean really well directed uh fight scene like yeah. like how you said like she's not gonna kill her she might beat her up i don't even think she's gonna beat her up she's she's trying right. to get her away long enough so right. she can accomplish her goal because she doesn't she want to hurt Kate. And Shannon, she almost might enjoy it just to give her something to do to warm her up before she gets the real big fight, which is getting quick. Sure. She might have used sure. that as like kind of a stretching out the muscles a little bit. Type of thing. <laughs> this is this is me stretching out. Um, the the glass moment. It's interesting that you pointed that out because this is where I think we really felt the absence of Bert and Birdie was in that uh -huh. moment because okay. I think I'm like there is a comedic way to right. plus to the plus button? this scene. Yeah that is that is funnier than just this i mean i think yeah. i think you go tighter i think there there are so many different ways that you could have used the camera in that sequence yeah. that would have made this really really funny moment even even funnier um yeah. and then yeah like the the fight scene with bart well one her running down the side of the building awesome um yeah. the fight scene with clint it was kind of like how she didn't really want to hurt kate Clint doesn't want to hurt her. He he's yeah. defending himself to a point. Yeah. And part of it is because he does know how his best friend feels about her little sister. He's like, I don't want to hurt this person. And also there's pop there's a part of Clint that feels like he deserves this. That yeah. you know what? Maybe, maybe this is the 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 chickens coming home to roost right now. Right. Like, and but yes, it was the whistle that really, oh my gosh. Cause from episode five, five, yeah, where we can see that there there was some unfinished business left between yeah. Yelena and Natasha. And when he says she talked about you all the time, that just grief in her yeah. face. Like, what did she say? Like, oh, my gosh, just just heart wrenching. Um, yeah. Florence Pugh. I, I don't know when we're going to see her again, It's but it's not soon enough.
Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to it as well. I, th I thought she was in excellent, fantastic from the first moment she was on screen to the next. And it was great to have that Black Widow reference, of course, with the whistle, as you guys said, perfectly kind of hits that point uh, and lets you kind of dial into this relationship. My issue with this back and forth with them on the ice is that I, I feel like she's this great big super spy. She would have found out what really happened. So I, it seems a little bit of a stretch for Valentina Sender. So, you know, it was I satisfied with the back and forth acting wise? Absolutely. Did it make sense story wise to me? Not since that uh, um, deleted or I'm sorry, the post credit scene of Black Widow. Did that at all make any sense to me? Because Yelena is so incredibly intelligent. There's no way she'd be duped by Valentina. But maybe just maybe you can make a well, case that there was an emotional thing at play here. She wanted and plus she blipped away for five years, which we found out in the show, which we didn't 100 percent know before she blipped away for five years. So there's more of a kind of like, I need to find out what actually happened. And I want to hear it from a horse's mouth. And so maybe there's something there to explore it. Because I think if she wanted to kill Clint right off the bat, she'd have found a way to kill Clint right off the bat. She wanted answers. She even said, before I kill you, I need you to tell me what actually happened on, on that planet. So there, she wanted answers first and foremost. So I can understand why that was a story element. I just didn't 100% buy it. But, you know, it worked I mean out for them acting-wise. I, I mean, I don't 100% disagree with you, but just to play devil's advocate a little bit, um, I think when we saw the Black Widow post-credit sequence, we just assumed, oh, uh, you know, uh, Madam Hydra, bad guy, Val yeah. is trying to get her to kill Clint because villain reasons. Whereas right. really now, like, no, like Eleanor hired her to kill Clint. Like it was a job. Yeah. Like she was, oh, right. job. she was happy to take the job. She was happy to take the job and yeah, Val yeah, yeah. was happy to give it to her because he was, she was like, oh, this is going to make my employee probably feel good. But it wasn't right. like a, I'm setting you up to kill him. And she didn't go in. Like it was a job for her, yeah. but she yeah. did want to find out more about what happened. And I also think, you know, obviously everybody knows the Avengers saved the world. Everybody knows that everybody came back after the blip. And yep. maybe people even know about Infinity Stones, although I kind of doubt it. I certainly don't think it's easy information to find out what happened on Boromir, which most people yep. don't even know exists. Like the entire concept of how the Soul Stone works. I, 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 would, I think anybody, no matter how good of a spy you would be, would be hard pressed to get those answers. So I do kind of buy the fact that she has no idea really what happened. Like everybody knows Black Widow died. Right. Uh, in 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 saving the world and bringing everybody back from the blip, but I feel I feel like very very few people know the specifics of how. Yeah, and I would also add that like Clint and like Maya, Yelena is a weapon. Like she goes where she is pointed. So I think for her just to go and kill him for revenge, uh, I don't. I think she recognizes um, the cause and the, the effect that that would cause. But now that she's been hired, the assumption is okay. You're, you've got this taken care of. I'm just a cog in the machine right now. Like, assuming that things go the way that we think they might and we get yeah. Val doing some Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, something or other, I mean, I think now it would be the, this is a, this is like a little bone of contention between them. It's like, yeah. well, you sent me to kill somebody. And she's like, yeah, and you didn't finish the job. And she was like, that's the one job I didn't, fi you know, it's like, I think there's probably more to play between that relationship. So we'll see. I'm just saying, if you could plant a camera in Kim Payne's office, I think you can figure some stuff out. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, so for sure. I won't 100% agree with you guys, but I get where you both are coming from. Uh, we're running out of time, so let's hit three things real quick. How terrible was the LARP storyline? Are you excited about the Mockingbird reveal? And uh, how uh, can I book you guys? Do you want first class or coach uh, on the shuttle to Duquesne Island? I mean, you guys are more than welcome to head on over to Jack Island. Come on. Whoa. Come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, Not whoa, a whoa. 
Not um, a patsy. Let me he, tell you, not that, a patsy. He's, he's literally a patsy. He he absolutely the definition knew what was of a going patsy. on. He got out of jail that night. He knew what was going on. Anyway, <laughs> we, 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 hit those three. What do you guys think? Real quick, because we're running out of time. Okay, Jack, uh, I, that's left on the wish list. I really wish we would have seen an epic sword fight, but hopefully we're going to get that at some point. Love oh, yeah, his, his, yeah. his series, his series or season finale credit. How you have this oh. enormous white mustache? <laughs> um, the LARP storyline—I I can't disagree with you there, dude. I God, love the fact that they were the cater waiters. So I was like, oh, great! But then when they kind of get in their costumes just to kind of tell people where to go, and you know, they make the fat guy hit a tracksuit mafia guy with his belly. Um, I was like, ah, okay, this this Prince is a little silly from the nineties, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, the grills Ar um, Armand Seven moment was awesome. I thought that was yeah, really, that, really funny. Um, as well as the Jack Armand Seven moment. And what yes. was the second question? Shit, what was it, John? What was the second part? Oh, Rogers Lord, the musical. The, oh, Rogers the musical. Hilarious, hilarious. Yes. I don't, I don't think in a musical you would have such a big, such a big number without your principal cast involved that far. That's that what deep, I said. That deep. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adam Pascal, like the, the chorus, is really on on display here. Yeah. But it was a blast. I, I wish no. we would have gotten some sort of uh, post credit sequence uh, just to see where some characters right. are headed. But still, it was awesome. Sorry, the fourth thing is the Mockingbird thing. What did you think about oh. that reveal? Do you think that's going to happen? And how excited are you for that? Well, I don't, I don't know if we're necessarily going to see her suit up at some point, but I do think that we're going to see her again. We damn well better. Linda Cardellini is awesome. All right, uh, Michael, four things. What do you feel about all of them? Uh, so, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I think the concept of the LARPers needing to suit up in their LARP costumes for a purpose could have landed really funny. And I think it yes. just kind of landed. I think they were just running out of time and they needed something. And they're like, well, we just need to get them off screen. So I think that kind of got short shrift. So could have been plus, but also this was their longest episode. So I feel like they did get a little bit of the short end of that stick for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Jack was wherever Jack might go in the future was absolutely and clearly a patsy here. Like clearly was used and, and had like a nice hero moment at the end. Like what they did with him, like when, when the LARPers did come out and said, do we need to clear everybody? What about this guy? And she was like, he seems like he's doing okay, but probably get him out of here too. And he's just like, just taking out villains in the back. Like he was kind of adorable. I love that he, we were just waiting for his villain turn and he just didn't have one. He was just the dumb douchey guy who actually okay. is great with the sword. He's now, not dumb. <laughs> Go ahead. He's a, he might, he, well, okay. To be fair, I will agree with John insofar as this. I think that he was, you just can't I think he, well, you can absolutely be a stupid great swordsman, but That's not I think swordsman. that, I think that he has, a, we have established with him as a character that he never quite reveals everything that he knows, whether that is through right. swordplay or more. So he probably does know more than he's saying. So TBD where they go with him. Okay. Um, as far as like the Mockingbird thing, I think it was great. Yes. I think, you know, it was a great reveal that if you don't know the comics, you see that she was in S.H.I.E.L.D. If you do know comics and you see the 19 on the watch, yes. you know that Agent 19 was Mockingbird. So great reveal. I don't know that they ever really answered why Kingpin wanted that watch so bad. Yeah. And what, even is, Vincent D'Onofrio, even Vincent D'Onofrio in interviews uh, that have come out in the past day since they, since he's been in the show, he doesn't really know. He wants more information. So like this whole, this whole concept that the watch was hers. Yeah. The whole, the whole concept that the watch was hers, but that was this big thing that the tracksuit mafia was sent to this auction to get the watch because of Mockingbird. Like we know that when Maya got it, 
it was because she was interested in Ronan. But at the beginning of the show, when Kingpin wanted it, Ronan was ostensibly gone. So yeah. why they wanted that, and the only other thing, Roger's a musical great, the only thing I want to say, because I know we're running out of time, is yeah. I did really love the ending with Kate coming home for Christmas, even though we all kind of yeah. assumed that that was going to happen. It really struck me that Clint, Natasha knows his family, but at right. Age of Ultron, when he brings everybody to his house out of necessity, Tony, Steve, none of them knew about the family. Like right. that's how closely he guards that secret. Yeah. So for him to take Kate home for Christmas is such a big deal. And even yeah. given everything else he said, calling her her partner, calling her his partner, everything else, just Kate being with the family at Christmas really just says how much he's accepted her and embraced her. And I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> how much he embraces her and how much he doesn't love his oldest son. Yeah, well, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, uh, but the Jack Duquesne thing was brilliant. I mean, him having that moment, and, and shout out to that actor. Uh, what's his name? Jack Taylor's as Tony Dalton. Name. Tony Dalton, that's it. Tony what Dalton. a great moment where he was just like, this is your time. Your time has arrived. Now let's do this. I lost my shit when that moment. I'm like, yes. And when he started like cutting up all the tracks and Bobby, I'm like, this is awesome. I love this so much because I wanted to cheer for him so bad through the series. And so when he didn't go villain, I was like, this is genius. And he's not a patsy. He's not a dumb. He's way smarter than people think, I think. And I think, Michael, you kind of undercut yourself a little bit, Michael, when you said he doesn't let on. So how he doesn't much let does on. It's know? fair. So I will see down the road how much he actually knew about this whole situation. Uh, I love the Mockingbird reveal. Anything that gives you the taste of Linda Carlini coming into the MCU in terms of being a uh, being Mockingbird or being a superhero is exciting. But you're also fully introducing Agents of Shield now, in essence, right? So it doesn't. I don't know if the TV show becomes canon, but maybe the possibility well, of Agents no, of Shield. No, Adrian well, Palicki. I'm saying I'm not saying agents of shield the show i'm saying you're opening the door to shield agents being a seeing more of them possibly coming through the mcu seeing more of these people that had become superheroes be part of the mcu down the road so that's Maybe. a possibility down the, i'm saying it's possible loved rogers Maybe. the musical yes adam pascal just should have sang the whole damn thing uh because he does sing the whole damn thing in, in the actual track and it's great and it was, so, this was so much fun I saw some Broadway theater people kiboshing it. I'm like, grow the fuck up. This was a lot of fun, and it was great to watch. Well, I mean, again, it wasn't like, going to be fucking rent, okay? It was a lot well, of fun for what it's fitting to do. Um, again, it's, it's the, hilarious. It is hilarious for the parody that it is, and it's a very yes, well-done parody. Exactly. But, like, that on stage would be horrible. Like, like if we really had an Avengers yeah. musical and that song was in it, I'd be like, oh, dear God, Jesus Christ. But <laughs> as the parody it. musical that exists within the MCU, I love yes. it. Yes, yes, agreed. Uh, and the fourth thing, and it was not an insult of Broadway. I saw some people say that. Like, Come on, it's not, it's just making some fun. And the LARP storyline, man, I think the potential was there, certainly with Grills, and just to have it play out the way it did, it was just such a letdown overall. And I, and I was... Sad to see that because they had done a great job of kind of making them a part of this and making it fun. And, you know, sometimes Marvel has these ideas, but they got to fully flesh out the humor of them or else it does really kind of stick out like a sore thumb and having them change it. I wonder if they were pandering to the nerds who dress up in this kind of stuff and going like, we'll just make them somewhat central point, which is cool, but give them the good storyline ending. And I didn't quite hit there at the end. No, I honestly I think I think I know I mean I know we're running out of time too but my point is that I think that they ran he out of time responding like, to that, everything we say goddamn we got to go what, go, go I know but I'm just saying just I I got to make the point in defense of the creative team on the show that like this was the longest of all the episodes and you had Clint 
Kate, Yelena, right. Echo, Kingpin, Eleanor, LARPers. And I am yeah. sure that in some early draft of the script, the LARPers dressing up had some bigger moment and they had a big thing. And I think as they were trimming and said, look, we've got to cut, we got to cut, we got to cut, whatever moment the LARPers did have kind of got reduced to, all right, well, let's have them put on the outfits so that everybody pays attention to them. So I don't think it's a, yeah. they didn't know what to do. I think it's like, as usually happens, even with the Monica Rambeau story in WandaVision, as uh, Jack Schaefer came out and said, like, there was something else planned and for time or other reasons, it had to get cut down. Well, I'm happily to cut, I would be happy to tell you where to cut other things and where you could have put in the LARPer stuff that would have helped. That's another counter to your counter. So we'll, we'll let it sit there. We'll let it sit there. Uh, all right, let's wrap up. Final words here. We got to go in the next two minutes. Final words about this season finale. Let's start with you, Shannon. Uh, or about Hawkeye. the series, sorry, as a whole, as a whole. Hawkeye, WandaVision, Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier. Hawkeye is number one. Wow, strong statement. Mikey. Uh, WandaVision, uh, Hawkeye, Loki, what if, Falcon Winter Soldier. Okay, for me, Loki, Hawkeye, WandaVision, what if, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think that's the, is that all of them? Is that all of them? Yes. I think that's all of them. And, and I left um, what if off. What if is number four. What if is below right. Loki. Fair enough, fair enough. There you go. All right, well, there's our spoiler review for Hawkeye, the season finale. We hope you enjoyed it. Sorry we were pressed for time, but that's just the situation on the holidays right now. Thank you so much for watching this or listening to it on our podcast uh, uh, format. If you don't doubt, if you're not uh, subscribed to the podcast, you need to do so. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, hit like. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Leave comments below. If it's a podcast, Please. leave some stars. Leave some comments. Helps us go higher in the rankings. If you're listening to us, that's what you got to do. If you're not listening to us and you're watching this on YouTube, retweet this video because you got to tell everybody that they got to hang out with the Geek Buddies because even when we're under a time crunch, we're super fun and exciting and that's going to be amazing. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Well, we'll see you before New Year, but Merry Christmas. We love you. There you go. That's right. It's been well said. And once again, thank you so much to Carbon Health, who powered this show, sponsored this show. We appreciate the Madlings for sponsoring the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. They are a leading national health care provider with a mission to bring high-quality health care to everyone. Urgent care, primary care, virtual care. They have clinics in 90 clinics in 14 states and offer virtual care in 24 states. They truly believe that everyone deserves good health. Even the villains in this show deserve good health and making high-quality health care accessible for everyone, whether they, you know, whether they can afford it or not, they want to make that possible for everyone. So go to www.carbonhealth.com. See if there's a clinic near you. Already had two people tweeted us that they went and used the Carbon Health and were satisfied with their experience. Nice. So definitely go and do that. And thank you them so much for sponsoring our show. All right, that's it. We're out of here. We love you madly. We'll talk to you next time. Yes, as Mikey said, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry we'll Christmas! A brand new episode here from The... Geek Buddies! Hey! 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.